by hook or by crook, I can tell you, Morty, and I'll tell you this, I have seen a snake in the grass in Ireland. So <laughs> St. Patrick is definitely a myth. <laughs> you, you reckon St. Patrick didn't do it, Justin? Is this, are, you, are you doubting the saint now? I, I do. I, I think he's as much <laughs> chance of being Jack the Ripper as anybody else. <laughs> I, I think so too. That, put it like this, there's a lot, a lot of falsehoods about St. Patrick. Uh, so what we're going to do, this is a little bit different. It's a bit whiskey. It's a little bit saintly. Ah, a little bit of that. <laughs> and about, not just a little bit of connection between St. Patrick and whiskey and, and three days of drinking debauchery and so on and so forth, you know. Right. Uh, yes, he was famous for the the, the, the sort of uh, seventy two hour bender, wasn't he? He, he, invent, he invented the stag weekend, did he? <laughs> you, you think St. Patrick was the the, the original uh, pub crawl? <laughs> he he he, he might have been. I mean, it, let's face it, that's what Dublin's famous for, isn't it? Stag and hen weekends. Well, it used to be. I think it's they've tried to sort of tidy it up over the last while. But see, everybody associates St. Patrick with with. Dublin, but the truth of the matter is, it's a much much more northerly thing. I mean, yesterday, uh, I was up Slimish, which is where St Patrick was brought as a boy, because because Justin, I'll let you in on a little known secret. St Patrick wasn't Irish, was he not? I sort of, I sort of guessed that. <laughs> Listen, what 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 did he call himself? What did he identify himself as? It's not as if he had a bloody passport, is it? Well, yeah. <laughs> you think Brexit maybe would have played a factor in him? Uh, no, what, we don't know very much about St Patrick. There's lots and lots of myths and legends, but one thing we know for sure that he wasn't Irish. He was British. He was either. And I know you. I know you always think he's Welsh, but I always say he's Scottish. But there's a let people in on a little secret. There's a chance he might just have been English. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. it, it doesn't really matter. Did he exist? <laughs> did he really exist? Well, I think he did. He must have done. We, all we know about St Patrick really is he, he had two letters. He wrote two letters, and there's doubts as to whether they were both written by him. But I'll take it that. They were both written by him. And in it, he describes that he's worthless and a wretched soul. And he was kidnapped as a as a boy, about 16, uh, and brought over to to Ireland, over to Slimish. It sounds uh, to me that they had the inferiority complex that Beachy Beauchamps told me that everybody in Ireland has on a television show, once with John Daly. Well, yeah, well, everybody in, everybody in Ireland is very self-deprecating and that's maybe where it comes from. But Patrick always said that he was a wretched soul. Patrick wasn't even his real name. His name was Suko. But he identified himself as Patrick later on. But there's a, re- a legend uh, that he brought whiskey to Ireland. Now, the legend is that he was brought over to Ireland as a slave he then escaped and ran away went first to britain then he went to france that's kind of what we know about him but there's a legend that he went to egypt where he learnt distilling <laughs> and then came back again now i think he's asterix the gaul <laughs> <laughs> are you asterix and i'm obelix <laughs> you you think he clocked up a lot of air miles heading over to jet setting all around he didn't have he went he went to the red sea and her and got a five-star Five star all inclusive. Did he get his no. paddy diving license while he was there? Did he? He probably he probably get his paddy passport. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so he he uh, 
where this probably came from is the fact that the really the art of distilling in Ireland was all done by monks who would have come after St. Patrick. And Patrick wasn't even the first uh, missionary to come to Ireland. There was a guy called Palladius came before him, uh, but he wasn't very successful. Well, I think the Roman name would have given it away. I, Palladius. <laughs> <laughs> Stand before you with asterisks and obelix. Uh, no, but he, he wasn't very successful. Patrick, on the other hand, when he came back again, he landed in Saul and in County Down, and then made his way north, he- heading back up towards Slimish, up in County Antrim, to apologise to his his former master for having run away which seems very weird to us now but that's, that's what he apparently did and did he get his, did he get whipped then no his former master heard he was coming and that this great man of of religion had been performing miracles and he, he took scared and set fire to his own fort with him in it so they all seem a bit crazy back then you know oh it seems to me like that he was using the old mind trick on him you know the vulcan it, mind trick you know it could have been it could have been the jedi was coming <laughs> but, but uh so he, he found out a church on the scaries the scary hill so that was okay he where this whiskey legend sort of came from probably came from was the the monasteries back then were really the, the seats of learning and industry. Uh, the monks, a lot of them were very scientific. They were alchemists, but alchemy, to us alchemy it seems very strange because of, of the way it's been portrayed subsequently. Well, what, would, what would you rather have? Would you rather have some nice mead or some base metals turned into gold? Because if you got the gold, you could then buy the nice mead, you see. Well, the thing is, it's been sort of changed as to what alchemists were. Alchemists were people who were actually trying to be quite scientific at the time. They thought gold was a perfect substance. It didn't tarnish. If you bury it in the ground, it comes out the way you put it in. So they were always trying to change things and transform transform things. So, And they were always trying to make gold. But it was the process they were more interested in, really, than the end product. Remember, these were monks, and lots of them had taken... Uh, vows of poverty so the gold wasn't really that big a deal to them but you make your mead and if you distill that then you get a spirit and that's really how all that come about so it's probably the idea of St Patrick doing it was a form of retro engineering giving him credit for something that the chances of him having done that are minuscule well I must admit I've been in uh, monasteries in Austria where the Celtic people are supposed to originated from and they certainly do have a brewing distilling tradition that far out and if they spread it across Western Europe uh, they're bound to have brought their favourite tipple with them aren't they? Well the thing is uh there's another saint called St. Columbanus who spent huge amounts of his time across Europe as a missionary and founded a lot of those religious institutions all across Europe. Now, he was from Bangor, and the fact that he came back to Bangor and County Down, it's possible he would probably be more likely to have been the guy who brought the stilling back. Um, I certainly think that's more plausible. Yeah, and of course it links in that in more modern history times, there was quite a lot of distilleries and breweries down County Downway, wasn't there? Oh, there was, and there is now. I mean, it's going to become the really the 
if you like, the distilling region in Ireland. There's so many distilleries opening up in County Down. I mean, our friends down at Ecknonville, you have the Radaman Estate, you have uh, Hench, the new one in Titanic. I can go on, there's more coming. But, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so, but, but even in Scotland, uh, Lindor's Abbey, uh, Friar John Corr back in 1495, he was asked to, to make whiskey. Rushka bars it would have been then. Hold um, on, did they not make chocolate too, Lindor? <laughs> no, it's a different company, just different, different altogether. It's over in, in Fife in Scotland. But so there is this religious connection to to spirits and to whiskey. I mean, there, there's also connection to Buckfast Abbey, where they make Buckfast, which is a a tonic wine. And if anybody has ever had a bottle of Buckfast, you're very tonic after it. I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's very potent stuff. Yeah, it's it's, it's popular down ported down Lurgan Cree Avenue, isn't it? Buckfast. Oh, it's oh, it's it's popular all over. And, um, and, and, and it's Buckfast by name, Buckfast by nature. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I leave I leave that to you, Justin. I leave that to you. I, I I'm built for comfort, not for speed. <laughs> <laughs> now, St Patrick. Obviously, St Patrick's Day. Seventeenth uh, of March is supposedly the day he died. Uh, whether that's true or not, again, none of this we really know a huge amount about. But St Patrick's Day is very convenient that St Patrick's Day is the seventeenth of March, because a lot of the Christian festivals or Christian feasts, etc., etc., happen around. Old pagan festivals, okay, coming from Ireland. So, yes, but obviously, you're coming out of winter. You're coming into spring, summer. Obviously, you're going to have you know pancake uh, day, Shrove Tuesday, yeah. uh, Easter, uh, and all those sorts of dates. Well, are all around this time. Well, what's what's the common thread between pancake day and Easter? It's Lent, where for forty days to to replicate what happened with Christ, people give something up. And it used to be that that was a time of of fasting for lots of Christian people. These days we tend not to do it, but lots of people go off something for Lent. And one of the things that people used to go off was booze. They used to go off alcohol. Now... Is that not January? (laughs) (laughs) that's That's when I tend to do it. But what happens between the start of Lent... And and Easter, obviously, lots of people have a day off. Now, that day normally was St. Patrick's Day. People decided in the middle of Lent um, that they would give up and go for a drink. Oh, so it's like a a trick. That's why it's called Pat Trick. So it's Paddy's Trick Day (laughs) Off. Yeah, ah, see now, see now. There's a sort of pagan festival called uh, Ostara. Which is really to celebrate the, the the spring equinox when you know the day and nights equal, which is in and around the twenty first of March. So it strikes me as it sort of ticks all the boxes. It's very handy. It's in the middle of Lent. It's around an old pagan festival. So something like Halloween, Halloween, as you know, is a, it's an old Irish festival that has been morphed a little bit. So that was, I think, Paddy's Day. Very conveniently, he's right in the middle of Lent. 
Right. And of course, we do. We do fantastic St. Patrick's Day celebrations in the likes of Dublin. But the big Halloween place in Ireland is actually uh, London Derry, uh, Derry, Foyleside, Stroke City, the maiden city, the Northwest. They do a fantastic. Yes. They're all the same place, by the way. Yes. So anyone listening to this, uh, you have to cover all bases because some people get offended if you don't call Derry the right name or sorry, London Derry or Stroke City. Anyway, uh-huh. no, but Patrick's Day really falls in the middle of, of, of Lent. Now, being Irish, one day's not really enough for us, Justin. Because never, never Marty. <laughs> because never Marty. I thought that was every Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, if you're a normal <laughs> person and if you're just better than normal, it's every night. <laughs> no, well uh but what used to happen, and it's probably fairly will replicate it most of the time. COVID has sort of put the, the kibosh on a lot of this. I mean, last St. Paddy's Day, I was in a pub, had a lunch with my dad and, and my stepmother, and a very nice time was had. This year, nothing. We're all in lockdown. But it used to be people would have celebrated the 16th, 17th. And then, did you know by legend that St. Patrick had a wife? He did not, did he? he did, did he get hitched by mistake when he had too much in him? <laughs> no, well, St. Sheila. Now, Sheila's Day... This sounds is... Australian to me, Maury. This sounds Australian. <laughs> She's Sheila's Day is the 18th of March. Um, it used to be fairly common practice that instead of just having one day off... Let, I mean, let's be honest, Justin. Three's a very religious number. You know... Okay. The, tri- the Trinity, oh yes. The Trinity, yes. Holy yep. Trinity, yeah. Yep. So basically, you're being very religious if you have a, a day of on the booze on the, the 16th, 17th and 18th. You know, you might as well make it three days. And that was probably the way they thought of it. St. So Sheila's Day is celebrated on the 18th. And the legend has it that Sheila was Patrick's wife. But then there's other legends that says it was his mother. And you know the truth of the matter is, who knows? It's probably all made up. Anyway. Maybe he was like Macron and he had an older wife. Well, he, could, he very well could have done. But some some scholars say... Have we just been banned in France now? Have we? <laughs> <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get Le Zuckerberg. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. No. Now, Sheila is quite interesting because she's seen as a symbol of fertility and bounty. Again, that's sort of a bit pagan thing as well. So... I'll leave it to you, Justin, to Google and try not to do it at work. And anybody else out here who's uh, thinking of Googling this at work, don't <laughs> do it at home. Uh, a Sheila in a gig, which is uh, a symbol of fertility and bounty. But Okay. Yeah. Hold on to a check now. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <sighs> yes. Yes. Now, calm yourself. Calm yourself. But no, so St. Patrick's Day was really sort of a, a three-day festival, if you like, in the middle of Lent. And if you go to the, the National Gallery in Dublin, there's an Erskine Nickel uh, painting done in 1856 called the 16th, 17th and 18th of March, which shows people wow. sitting around having a party, basically back in obviously the 18th century. So 
I love, I love those vernacular paintings that actually uh, convey everything of the time. You know, they're very evocative and you can you can understand the psyche uh, way back 100, 200, 300 years ago. I love those paintings. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, the likes of the, the sort of Bruegel stuff and whatnot, you know, they're very, they're as good, good as a photograph, really, in many ways. They're, they're really quite good. But it shows that this idea of going for a drink on St. Patrick's Day is really it's it's quite an old thing. It's 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 not some new marketing ploy like like Santa Claus type thing. You know, it's it's actually hundreds and hundreds of years old. Now the only thing that gets me about St. Patrick is there's so many churches dedicated to St. Patrick that he must have had all the Irish navvies in the world that have ever been built in them for him <laughs> because there must be a three thousand year backlog of them. Oh, there's plenty. I mean, Irish workers went all over the place, but you know they went all over um, to, 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 to labour all over. So whenever they went to the States, obviously they they took their traditions with them. Now, that, people have been travelling to the US for a very long time. So whenever they went to the likes of Boston, which is, I mean, world famous for its St. Patrick's Day celebrations, the, I, the first St. Patrick's Day celebration was back in 1737. Fairly nothing like anything like what it would be today. But that's heading on for three hundred years ago now, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, and that's that would have been part of a tradition that would have come from Ireland across. So I mean, in Ireland, it's probably a few hundred years older than that again. So it's it's this idea that people celebrated it in the middle of Lent, had a drink, had a whiskey. These days had a had a stout normally, and 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 had a a, a bit of a break from from the, the the feasting. Now, from the fasting, I should say, feasting. It's the opposite of feasting. No. So again, there's this association with St Patrick and alcohol. Now, another tradition states that there's a, a legend of St Patrick going into a bar and receiving a. Uh, not a full glass, not a full measure. And he berates the innkeeper, he berates the, the landlord and says that this man has a, a, a demon living in his cellar <laughs> and that the demon feeds on him being miserable and cheating his customers. Uh, so that's okay. He basically accuses him of being a cheat. But this sounds like a bad thing. This starts off like the weights and measures man coming around to check that you're uh, not putting out glasses that are undersized so as you can make more money and serve more drink from the bottle. Well, this is that, you know, the, the watering down and basically just, you know, cutting the corners and and, and cheating a little bit. So anyway, the, 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 the landlord, he changes his ways and he, he says, um, I'm not going to do this anymore. So he gives everybody full measures and when Patrick comes back, he goes down into the cellar and the demons all shriveled up, emaciated and withering away because the landlord's being doing the playing it fair and being fair with everybody. So Patrick then says, in order to to, to honour this, that people should have a drink every day on St Patrick's Day. Sure. I must admit, this is uh, quite fortuitous for uh, religious folk because the, the angels can get their share, but the demons aren't allowed any, it sounds no. like to me. Exactly. This is how, you, this is how it all works, Justin. Yeah. Do but as I say, don't do as I do. It's, isn't it very interesting that St. Patrick figured out a way of banishing 
uh, demons while also being able to get you a little drinky. <laughs> I think that's a very convenient story. It's a, hmm, mm. I wonder, I wonder, could that just have been made up as a, <laughs> as yes. a way of excusing it? Yes. No. So that's again, that's another legend. Another legend or another sort of pastime or tradition is Patrick's pot or, or drowning the shamrock, which in Irish is pot a porag. And really, what that's supposed to do. Maybe we need to explain the shamrock to people because it's three uh, leaves on it and that's a representation of the Trinity as well. Yeah, well, legend has it that, Patrick, if you come to Ireland, there's there's clover, shamrock, trefoil, whatever. I mean, they're all the same plant. And it's basically a three-leaf clover. And Patrick is supposed to have used that to represent the Holy Trinity, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that's... That was used and it really became a symbol of St. Patrick and subsequently then a symbol of Ireland. Now, the, the legend, the tradition, sorry, is at the end of the night, you get your shamrock, drop it in your whiskey and you drink your whiskey. And that's a, a, it's a, it's a, a toast to St. Patrick. A lot of people in Ireland will wear a sprig of shamrock uh, on their, you know, on their lapel or in a hat or whatever on St Patrick's Day, and that's that. That would be fairly common. We would see that about quite a lot. Uh, but most people I know, when they're out, come in the end of the evening, they tend to forget about drowning the shower, <laughs> drowning the shower mug. <laughs> Try and do it a bit earlier on in the evening. I would have thought. Okay. Uh, uh, what, what, they prefer to go for a kebab or something like that. Isn't that what they do? <laughs> that's 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 a more typical thing. But uh, as you well know, in Ireland. St Patrick's Day always falls in Cheltenham Week, which is the a big horse racing event. Uh, probably the biggest horse racing event of its type in the world, and it happens in England. And it would be, shall we say, a bigger deal to a lot of people than St Patrick's Day. But there's lots of people who quite happily go and watch the horse racing for a week. Horse racing is unofficially the number one sport in Ireland, by the way. Well, it's a sport of kings, isn't it? But uh, yeah. a, a lot of people, there's a lot of bookies all over Ireland. All over Ireland. Every yeah. hole in the hedge still has a bookie. There's bookies in places you wouldn't expect there to be bookies because there's there people that nip in there to place a punt. Yeah, it, it's Horses in Ireland have been, uh, I mean, it's it's just synonymous with Ireland. I mean, they've been racing horses at the Curra uh, in the centre of Ireland for probably over two thousand years. Wow! Uh, yeah, I mean, wow, it's, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know it was long as that. Oh, didn't it has it was been long as that. But it's horses on, in I've, Ireland. I've, I've just thought up a great. Do you know the remember they had the pint of harp and a packet of dates? Here's a great strap line for a whiskey company. I wonder would anybody buy it off us? Because I'm saying it on here, so it's trademarked and copyrighted mine. All right. Do you know that saying, get off your horse and drink your milk? What uh -huh. about get off your horse and drink a dram? You see, now, Justin, that would, be, that would work in Scotland. Over here, we don't drink drams. Drams are Scottish. We drink half ones. We drink a half one of whiskey, which is a 35 mil measure because a full measure is 70 mil. We know this. The only trouble is we'd have to have a Shetland pony and that would be Scottish as well then because it's a half horse, isn't it? <laughs> Over here, we, we, we ride thoroughbreds. Because, but like this, Ireland, 
at Cheltenham, it's always the Irish versus the English who who wins the most races, and it's one of the it's one of the few sports really that Ireland regularly outcompete the English. Uh, Did the French not clean up at Cheltenham this year? And actually, I think a woman jockey what won uh, one of the major she, prizes this year. Yeah, the the, the champion hurdle yesterday. Uh, Rachel Blackmore on Honeysuckle won yesterday, and that's the first time first time a woman has won the champion hurdle. So uh, good honour. Um, the Gold Cup is the panic or oh, the big race, and that, that happening later on in the week. But again, it's it's another thing. It's always in and around St Patrick's Day. So St Patrick's Day, you have the horse racing, and lots of people in Ireland, lots of guys in Ireland, really live for that. It's more than anything else. But again, when you look at the legend of St Patrick and and people going for a drink and having a, a whiskey. Uh, stout or whatever and it's really all tied up in this sort of myths and legend which is really quite convenient for people who like to go and have a bit of a drink yes it's, it certainly is I mean will we ever be able to prove any of this because you know the way they're finding things like Dead Sea Scrolls that prove and confirms things and these mechanisms that prove that, the, that they could read the stars will we ever come across something hidden somewhere that, that sort of proves St Patrick and his connection to all of these myths and legends particularly the ones that uh, enlighten us to do with whiskey I think the thing about it is Justin where they find the Dead Sea Scrolls is a very dry arid desert uh, unfortunately for us over here, Ireland tends to be quite wet. Uh, so things don't tend to last that long, other than things that are gold or uh, stone, gold. like uh, ogrum stones and stuff like that. Or gold whiskey. Whiskey, remember, don't forget, whiskey's like or other gold substance. It lasts forever. If it's kept right, it's good any time as whenever it went into the bottle. I thought that was only honey. I thought only honey no. didn't spoil. Whiskey doesn't spoil at all. Whiskey doesn't spoil if it's kept in the right conditions. It lasts forever. It's like it's like gold, and and, and as precious as gold. But here here's a thing for you, Justin, and for everybody else listening. What is the official colour of Saint Patrick? Well, I happen to know this one because mm. it's my favourite colour. It's purple. It's not green. No, it's actually azure blue. Azure blue. I had a car yeah. that colour once. Yeah. Azure blue, uh, that's why on the, the official heraldic shield of Ireland, it's a gold harp on a blue background. So the green actually comes from the fact that we do live in a very wet little part of the world where, yeah, it, things won't last. The, the writings and stuff tend not to last. Oh, that's a, ah, well. a, bit of a, a bit of a pity. And of, of course, I always thought it was connected to uh, British Racing Green, uh, the, because British Racing Green is actually the green of Ireland, because the other European countries have already taken the best primary colours. <laughs> that's very true. Now, that's really, really why uh, green uh, for St. Patrick is to do with the fertility of the land. That, that's where that comes from. Excellent stuff. Uh, and uh, there we go. And we'll just give a mention to another uh, trailblazer in women's uh, sport, uh, of course, Sabine Smith. Uh, it's yeah. been announced today. She uh, sadly died of uh, cancer there. And she was, uh, well, uh, on top gear, one of the fastest ladies uh, around the Nürburgring ring in yeah. Germany. And uh, really, uh, I think uh, Jeremy Clarkson said, quite a sunny person. So there you yeah. go. So. Terribly sad. 
Terribly sad indeed. Uh, that's the show for this week. Uh, tune in uh, to the Envision show Saturday nights, 10 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook. You can also catch the audio-only version on Anchor or wherever you get your podcasts in the world. We're on all major platforms, including the one specific for your region. Thanks very much, Marty. Take care. Bye.